This is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. I never get bored of that intro. My name is Germ, this is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. I'm talking right now on a broadband line. Everything's plugged in, I hope. I hope that's safe, Daphne. Yeah, <laughs> but not a cell phone near you. <laughs> I, I have a cell phone right, right here. <laughs> I hope you're using a plugged-in line. Even the headphones. Oh, okay, all right. So there's no wireless there around you. No, I cannot tolerate it. It makes me very, very sick. If if I had a Wi-Fi near me, I literally would not be able to speak right now. But you basically are an attorney. You work between New York and Israel, and you have what over a decade, over a decade of um, knowledge and skills in in wireless and and uh, cellular networks, and you even worked with the IDF. Yes, I actually. I mean, that was my first introduction with this technology. Was as a telecommunications and computer uh, officer in Israeli Defense Forces. Yes, yeah, so it's actually more than a decade. So it's actually by now it's about three decades plus. <laughs> no, two and a half. Three, decades. two, two decades. You're giving yeah, away your yeah. age. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're currently working with Children's Health Defense. Uh, you, you're heading up their their division that deals with 5G and wireless. Yes. Yes, um, I started working with the, with the Children's Health Defense um, in December 2019, and I'm very proud to be part of this organization. I think the work they're doing is probably the most important work uh, in the world right now. In 2019, we started a case, and just shortly after I joined CHD, uh, we had an amazing and once in 25 years kind of opportunity to sue the U.S. government for um, everything wireless. Uh, we sued, we filed a case against the Federal Communication Commission, which is um, the agency within the U.S. government that is responsible to regulate the health effects of uh, cell phones, Wi-Fi, um, cell towers, and now 5G. And the thing is, the FCC is not a health agency. The FCC is a, a telecommunication agency. It's a spectrum auctioning agency. And it has, it doesn't even have one person who is a health person. Nevertheless, they are the one who is regulating the health effects of this technology where clearly they have conflicts of interest. Mm. Um, and they, uh, they adopted uh, guidelines following, uh, in, in 1996, Congress uh, decided that the FCC would regulate this issue. And as a result, they adopted guidelines. And these guidelines were the basis of the proliferation of wireless technology. And the, the premise behind these guidelines is that there's just no health effect. Because these are frequencies that do not cause temperature change in your body, like x-rays, for example, that can immediately take an electron out of the atom. Therefore, there are no uh, health effects, there's no problem, and all of it is safe. The thing is, already when the FCC adopted this guideline, there were thousands of studies showing that this is not true, that there's a lot of different biological and adverse effect that this technology can cause that has nothing to do with heating of tissue, uh, including numerous US uh, government documents uh, from the Navy, from the Air Force, from NASA, uh, showing clear evidence that this is causing actually quite profound health effects. And by the way, the word profound was specifically used by the US, F uh, uh, US Air Force. So um, they adopted those guidelines, which are based on the wrong premise, that are not evidence-based, they're just based on an assumption that because it's non-ionizing, unless it's transmitting in such intensity that it's causing 
thermal effect by changing temperature on your tissue, then it cannot be harmful. And um, that is the wrong premise. That is a premise that promoted by engineers, uh, physicists, not by people with a uh, uh, biological background. And um, we don't know if they adopted it on purpose or not. Uh, clearly, this technology serves not only for commercial uses like cell phones, Wi-Fi, etc. It's been using our military. So I don't know if it was purposeful that they deny the, the clear effects or uh, it was just... Mm financial interest, but the bottom is they denied the obvious. And uh, based on this false guideline, this technology has been uh, proliferated uncontrollably um, and unknown to many, uh, not only it's proven, um, the health effects, uh, we see actually an epidemic of sickness amongst adults and children. You see increase in uh, you know, a lot of people have all this neurological problem, ADHD, autism, uh, Parkinson, MS, and electrosensitivity, which what I suffer uh, from, which is really neurological effects from this technology. So uh, in 2019, uh, the FCC decided that after six years of alleged review of the science, they decided that their 1996 guidelines are okay, there's no problem, and uh, there's no evidence that this is harmful. So that gave us an opportunity to sue the U.S. government and the FCC. And we filed a case on February 2nd, 2020, claiming that the FCC decision that there's no need to review the guidelines and that their guidelines are safe is arbitrary, capricious, not evidence-based, and abuses of discretion. The court agreed. Uh, on wow. August 13, uh, on August 13, uh, so two and a half weeks ago, uh, we got a decision from um, the D.C. Circuit. It's called, it's called the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit. In the U.S., you have 13 federal appellate courts, and this is one of them. And this is actually the one which is considered the most important. And that's where our case was heard. And it was a two-to-one decision. Um, in every government, in government, agencies required to provide what's called reasoned decision-making. So the court ruled that the FCC failed to provide a reasoned decision-making that its guidelines are sufficient. And um, and specifically to the non-cancer evidence. So the court ruled that when it comes to explaining why the FCC concluded that it doesn't cause cancer, they the court concluded that the FCC did good enough job explaining it. It does not mean that the court agreed with the conclusion. It's agreed that at least it, it's, it's dismissed its duty to review the evidence. But the FCC completely failed to review any other evidence regarding any other effects. Furthermore, um, the current guidelines are based on a very simple test. They, they mostly on cell phone, they expose you to third, they, they, uh, ex they put a dummy with a plastic head and a liquid inside, which is not really like how your brain works. I mean, there's a few nerves there that work electrically. No, but they test it with a dummy with liquid inside, put a cell phone with a distance and see how long it takes the brain to heat. And they expose it to 30 minutes. And if there's no change of temperature for 30 minutes, then it's safe. Now, um, this completely irrelevant to current exposure. Right now, people are exposed to numerous devices, numerous sources, numerous uh, frequencies. So this stupid test has nothing to do with current exposure. And, um, 
And this is one of the things actually that the court emphasized on. And so the court ruled that the FCC failed to explain how this test applies to the current reality. And while, you know, a decision is a written decision and it's pretty strong. And, um, but you really should listen to the hearing. There's literally outrage of the judges from the FCC, uh, uh, um, the way they treated the science and uh, and also in regards to its guidelines. Um, so the court ruled basically that the FCC failed to uh, to explain how it treats the decision that there's no evidence and that it's safe. Furthermore, um, our side, scientists, organization, doctors, people who got sick, filed uh, with the FCC thousands of comments with thousands of studies. An agency is also, also has to respond to these comments, especially when those comments conflict with the premise behind its guidelines. They did not respond. They dismissed the whole evidence with, with one line saying something, oh, we did we didn't really think that anything there was convincing literally that something like that it was just like outrageous thousands of studies by listening leading scientists documents from the military documents from the air force and they just dismissed it with one line and again without having any explanation how they reached the decision the court was outraged um and and the court in its decision it elaborates all the evidence that they we brought he said fcc ignored to respond to evidence of electrosensitivity of neurological effects of prenatal there's so much evidence of of effects on on the fetus um and there's very strong both um you know animals in studies and animals of humans so showing that this is literally causing adhd and you do see that there's a huge increase in adhd so he also said about um uh, you know, they tell us, oh, there's no mechanism of harm that this can cause harm. Well, there is actually 90% of studies on mechanism of harm of oxidative stress show that it's causing oxidative stress. So it's kind of like established. Um, they also mentioned the fact that they failed to respond to evidence that we showed about damage from cell towers, from cell phones, from, from uh, Wi-Fi, from smart meters. Um, then the courts especially emphasized the fact that they failed to respond to the evidence we brought regarding uh, environmental harms. Um, and they specifically quoted a letter that was sent by the U.S. Department of Interior. Uh, in 2014, they published a report saying that cell tower caused a problem with migratory birds and that the FCC guidelines are 30 years out of date. And the court quoted Gee. that. And, um, and I think the court was especially outraged because... This is a government agency. Mm. They have to respond to comments or, or important evidence from government agencies, and they didn't. Now, what was the most uh, uh, hilarious thing they did? So, as I said, FCC, before they make a decision, as I said, they published this order in 2019 that its decision is, is good and safe, and the guidelines are protecting public health. Um, when they published it before that, they had to contact other agencies within the government and ask whether they think that they should change their guidelines. Most agencies did not uh, answer. Um, the Environmental Protection Agency, which for decades FCC made sure they would not have any budget to test this issue, uh, put one, put kind of like answered with a three-line sentence, which I think is quite cynical. Um, but then the FCC told the, the court that yeah, no other, no other agency had any problem with its guidelines. So the court quoted what we said and said, uh, silence is not consent. <laughs> and <laughs> literally, that was a the sentence they wrote. Silence is not consent. 
I mean, it's it's outrageous. It's exposed, and and it's not only exposed the fraud in the FCC. It's also exposed the FDA. Uh, basically, all of this big decision not to review guidelines uh, and not update the guidelines was based on the FDA. The FCC said, oh, we are not a health agency. We have to rely on other, other agencies. So we relied on the FDA. Well, what did the FDA do? Yes. What did the FDA do? The whole evidence they quoted. Listen, this is, this is what, this is the basis of the FCC guidelines. A website page and two letters. One letters, literally one page letters. One of them says um, that they dismissed the NTP study, the U.S. government study. We can talk about it in a second. $30 million study that uh, showed that this radiation causing cancer and DNA breakage. And the other letter just say regarding all the other evidence, oh, there's no evidence. Okay. The court says, where is the analysis? Literally, two letters, website. That is what the U.S. government uh, based uh, based its guidelines on when this technology is being forced on the co- on the population where pe- cell towers and 5G cell towers are being put 10 feet from children's bedrooms when he forces Bluetooth on them in schools and and computers and Wi-Fi routers, people are not not aware that the levels of radiation we have right now mm-hmm. are millions of times higher than 30 years ago, not 10 times higher, 20, millions, millions of times. Millions. Millions. Now, you don't see it. You know, when, when we, you know, had a campaign against smoking, you can see the smoke, you can smell it. You don't see this, you don't smell it, but it's out there. And all you have to do is put a meter and you can see amazing amount of radiation all over you. And the levels are millions of times higher than when we started to use this, this technology. But the FCC just tell, still just tests with cell phone near your head. And even that test, the court says, is not relevant. Um, and the actual levels are quintillion times higher. And quintillion, that means one and 18 zeros after it than the natural environment. Wow. Continuum, one and 1800. And, and worse than that, this is not radiation that is naturally occurring. So when I said quintillion times, there's some radio, radio frequencies that are the frequencies that are being used for this technology. And they don't really occur anywhere on Earth except a little bit get from the sun. Very, very little amount. So it's artificial. It's artificial, exactly. And these are frequencies that our body is not used to and cannot tolerate. And we forget something very, very basic. You know, people don't say, hey, uh, this cannot harm me. Why would this harm me? I actually ask, how can you think that it would not harm you? Because Mm. we are, as humans, are electric beings. Your brain is electric, your heart is electric, your nervous system electric, your, 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 your cells connect electrically. How can... You cannot put uh, uh, electricity millions of times higher and expect that it will not affect the electric system in your body. Of course it does. We use we use uh, a pulsed EMF to treat, to, to, you know, when people have an injury, they go to a doctor, to a physiotherapist, they give them pulsed EMF. And they give them the pulsed EMF because it's pulsed, because it, it helps transfer signals to this to the area, also creates some heat to uh, help with healing the bone. But these things can have positive effects and can have adverse effects. Well, they cause a lot of adverse effects. Thousands and thousands of studies show clearly that it's causing this harm. Um, back to your question. Yes, we won. It's huge. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
well, it's, that's it's really the first the first breakthrough we get, and you know, and it's it's especially important um, because people say, well, you know, you know, CHD, the Children's Health Defense, uh, together with a few law firms, filed a case against the uh, uh, against Roundup, Monsanto. Uh, it's you know, that it's uh, an insecticide. Right, that to to put you know to to protect your garden and mm. um, and basically the the poison in it is the glyphosate and um, so we sued Monsanto, which is now owned by Bayer, and we won. There's like three cases that won with a total judgment of two over two billion dollars. Uh, since then, um, sorry, what does that mean? Glyphosate. Glyphosate. Yes. Oh, so Dr. Stephanie Seneff, sorry, she from MIT. She talks a lot about it. Uh, do you know her? I, I don't know her. I'm not involved in that lawsuit. That's you know different mm. departments like Robert and this attorneys. And they filed this lawsuit. And a year ago, there were three cases that they allowed that won. And as a result, about I think two months ago, Bayer actually settled ten billion dollars of lawsuits. On, as a result of the three, this is the biggest settlement ever for pharmaceutical company. Now you ask yourself, if cell phones and wireless technology were so harmful, how come we don't see those lawsuits, right? Well, you don't see those lawsuits not because there's no evidence. You don't see these lawsuits because when it comes to wireless technology, they blocked our ability to take this to court. And I can assure you that it would have been my dream to take this case to a jury. Uh, but we cannot. This was really the only lawsuit we could bring on the issue of wireless, and we won. You know, I told you I, I don't take I don't want to take cases that cannot win. Uh, but those cases that we win are not cases that we win because they're easily won. It's because I know that we can win because the truth and the facts are on our side. They are still very very difficult to to win, and this case especially um, because. Um, and I can talk about other cases in this in this regard. Courts do not like to intervene in government action. There is separation, you know, of powers, and very, very, very rarely the court will intervene. And in this case, the court had a way to decide against us, mm. because when when we saw in such cases, government. Um, Basically, what we sue for is that the government did not do what it's supposed to do. So the court does not does not rule on the evidence. The court, whether or not it's caused cancer, whether or not it's caused electrosensitivity. The court's question is whether the FCC did or the, any other government agency did what they're supposed to do in order to 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 comply with uh, it, the requirements from a reasonable agency. And... This case, I mean, this decision that the FCC made in 2019 was not what's called rulemaking. It was just a simple decision inquiry, kind of like a question mark. Do you, do we, do you think we should change our guidelines? So really, they're not required for such a high bar of reasoned decision making to discharge its duty. It's really required the lowest. And this is actually why we had a 2-1 decision. That one judge said, you know what? Um, this was an inquiry. It was not the rulemaking. So we really cannot say that the FCC did not do its job. They really don't need to do anything. And I, and I think the other judges could have done the same, but they chose not to. And they chose no to, I think, because they were outraged by the science. And uh, they outraged by what they saw. You know, they, they saw a medical association saying that there is a problem. The, the, um, the um, 
um, the, the Pediatric Doctors Association saying, act, uh, uh, saying there's evidence and there's harm. Uh, the California Medical Association agencies saying there's harm. So with all this evidence, I think they felt it's almost like they had to protect the public in some way. So they say, you know what? No, the FCC did not comply with its duty. It's, it's an outrage that you have all this science and you don't respond to it. We want to see the analysis. How come you, you decided that this evidence does not show that there is a problem and 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 so any problem is huge um this is not over uh, yeah. the fcc and the uh the fcc can appeal the decision and they have until september 27 to do so we can appeal they can appeal the decision um i'm sure that the fcc and uh, the telecom co-conspirators are already working on something um, but we have to, to see. Would you mind just breaking down what is wireless and, of course, uh, G, you know, the, the, the various numbers? Uh, just okay. let, let's just start there. Let's go That's back. A good to, question. Yeah, let's go back to basics. Okay. So, what is wireless technology? When we say wireless technology, what do we mean? We mean about, we say about, this is about data moving wirelessly on the air. You don't see it, as I said before, you don't smell it, but it's there. When you talk on your cell phone, this cell phone sends some kind of a signal to a cell tower with all the data, with your talk, with your text, with your movie. That's what it is. So how does it work? The way it works is it uses what's called radio frequencies. Uh, we have a spectrum of frequencies. And there are waves that go through the air. Wave means frequency. And what we measure in a frequency is how many oscillations per second that frequency has. So a frequency of one hertz means one oscillation per second. A frequency of 60 hertz, like your house electricity, means 60 oscillations per second. Um, a frequency of Wi-Fi, for example, is 2 billion 450 million oscillations per second. Really? So just immediately think about it. That's probably supposed to agitate your nervous system, right? If your body feels like that, they have some effects. So that is basically what a frequency is. So we have a big spectrum and there are different frequencies from one hertz to endless. What we do with this um, uh, electromagnetic spectrum, we divide it to groups of frequencies. So for example, the frequency like the house electricity are considered very low frequency, extremely low frequencies. The frequencies that are used for wireless technology goes, uh, or for radio frequencies, they're, so the group of frequency called radio frequencies, and they are from 3 kilohertz, which means 3,000 hertz, 3,000 oscillations per second, to 300 gigahertz. Giga means billion, so 300 billion hertz a second. Now, we also divide this uh, uh, other groups of frequencies, infrared, uh, visible light, X-ray, gamma rays. Um, we divide this spectrum into two groups of frequencies. One is called ionizing frequencies, the other called non-ionizing frequencies. Ionizing frequencies, what does it mean? It means that when this frequency interact with tissue, they have enough energy to pull an electron out of the atom. That is called ionization, and that's why they call ionizing frequencies or ionizing radiation. So since they have an ability to create an immediate effect, we immediately we can accept that they are harmful, right? So if it can immediately cause DNA effect, then it's harmful. When it comes to non-ionizing uh, frequency, those are the lower frequencies on a spectrum. They can be very high, but they're just lower. 
they do not have that energy to immediately pull an electron out of the atom, so they're non-ionizing frequencies. Radio frequencies are non-ionizing frequencies. However, it's important to know that there are um, many, many, many studies, hundreds of studies already showing that this radio frequency, which is a non-ionizing frequency, can and does break DNA. It doesn't do it immediately. Hold on, hold on. So when you say uh, non-ionizing, you're referring to something like, let's say, FM radio. Yes. Okay. So they do have the power to break your DNA. They would not do it like ionizing frequencies immediately. It will be through some kind of uh, uh, chemical reaction to the electrical stimulation. And we actually even know how this is happening. And it's happening through a process called oxidative stress. So when you're exposed to this radiation, your body starts to have a lot of free radicals. Your body have antioxidants that help deal with uh, free radicals. But if your body have too many uh, uh, free radicals, then there is a problem. And that's causing what's called oxidative stress that can lead to a lot of bad processes in your body and cause a lot of sickness, including cancer, uh, neurological effects, uh, blood-brain barrier breakage, etc., etc., etc. So... This is really what wireless technology. Wireless technology is using radio frequency to carry the information in the air. And these frequencies emit radiation, which is harmful. However, what we found to be even more harmful when it's come to uh, this uh, technology, it's not only the radiation. In order to put that information, your text, your call, your movie, over this radio frequency, which is the carrier wave, you have to put the data over that carrier wave and you do it by something called pulsation modulation you basically pulse that signal very fast or you add other frequencies with the data over that carrier wave and that is really where the harm's coming i know it's a bit technical but that's where the harm's coming and that's where all the guidelines ignore and fcc and other agencies they all know that this is where the harm comes. That's why when you go to, to, when you get injured and go to some kind of pulse EMF treatment, it's called pulsed because the pulsation, those things that change all the time, make everything more bioactive. And that's what happened with this technology. It's truly agitate your nervous system because there's so many frequencies that change so fast. Your nervous system cannot tolerate it. It's causing reactions in your body that leads to sickness. So I want to say, you know what I mean? Before that, I said gigahertz. So wireless yes. technology used 900 megahertz mostly to um, gigahertz. Depends what. So with 5G, we're going in higher. So that gigahertz G, it's not... 5G, 2G, 3G, it's gigahertz. It's different. Now, what is 5G or all these Gs? Is 1G, 2G, 3G, 4G. That G stands for generation. So 1G was just talk. 2G was talk and text. 3G was talk, text, and some, some data. You could get some emails, right? 4G, we had all of this feature, but more data. We could already download movies, etc., etc. 5G, it's not only more data. It's a whole different concept. For 5G, so 1G to 4G was mostly about connecting people, right? It's like things you need. 5G is really a different issue. It's technology, but it's also an infrastructure. It's infrastructure for the Internet of Things. It's a way to interconnect 100 billion more 
devices into the wireless network. And it means connecting your tea kettle, connecting your, your dog's collar, connecting, uh, um, even now they have diapers with, with an antenna. So it, yeah, it texts the mother. Go Google it. It texts the mother every time your baby poops. It's insanity. <laughs> complete insanity this is why we need 5g so if you now have so many more devices i think it's sad i'm glad you're laughing <laughs> i've never heard of that wow. all the, I think most of the companies now have those and it's ridiculous and um and first question is do we really need all of this and but what it means in terms of us and our health um, and there are other issues. There's issue of basically, okay, so let's ask a question mm. and then we go into it. Why do we need this? And why then, why do they need to do it? The problem was for the cell phone industry and every industry is that almost every person has a cell phone. They have an iPad and they have every device that they can. So in terms of the industry, there is saturation. They had, and they have all the data they need. So how can they continue and make money? They had to come up with something else. So 5G, as I said, it's the Internet of Things. But who cares about that diaper? What it really gives them is data. 5G is about data collection. When everything and anything is connected, they have all the data they need for you from you. They know exactly what you do, where you do, when you did it. They can learn so much information from this data, not just about you, about a lot of other things. And this is really what this technology is about. It's to collect all this data for the Internet of Things and later on for transhumanism, which is really where we're all heading. So this is why we need we need 5G. People don't need 5G. 5G is to collect data for other purposes. And um, but in terms of health effects, I mean, if you now have every device in your house is a smart device that has a Wi-Fi antenna inside of it that has to constantly transmit data, you need so much, much infrastructure to collect this data. So you need more cell towers. Now, some of these frequencies are higher frequencies. Higher frequencies are more easily obstructed by things in your environment. So you need to put them closer to people's homes. So... Uh, to compare right now in the US, uh, the regular wireless uh, infrastructure until 4G was about 200 or 300 cell towers all across the US, 200, 300,000 cell towers all across the US. 5G, they're adding 800,000 cell towers. And that wow. means, and when it comes to 5G, they mean an antenna every, every I don't know, 100 feet, even sometimes less basically on every electric pole, etc. But that's not the only the problem. So, you know, this, oh, they call them small cells. Of course, every language like smart, like small cells have an intention to mm. calm down any concern. Those small cells may be small. They don't look like the big cell tower. The thing is they are closer to you. Radiation drops in a square of the distance. So distance in huge. So what happened with those small cells, even they are small and may emit less radiation than the big towers, but the bigger towers are farther away. These antennas are 10 feet, 50 feet from our children's bedrooms. And actually the levels of radiation we have been measuring on the streets from these antennas are thousands of times higher than they were before. So these small cells, because of their proximity and because of their uh, closeness are increasing the levels of radiation by thousands of times at least. And this is really bad news. And I can tell you, I've, I mean, I, I get so many emails, I don't even answer them. And um, I think 
every day I get emails from people who had a 5G antenna installed near their home and not it's not within months literally within days people are getting sick and it's not one person whole families are getting sick 5G there's there's ample evidence that this radiation um, undermines your immune system completely undermines your system. It's actually interesting. In the beginning, you know, remember how I said before, there's positive and negative effect. Mm. So something can have a quick positive effect and then it become negative. Just like, you know, if you eat something that can be good for your body, if you eat it a lot, it can actually be very harmful to your body. Yes. That's the same thing happened with this radiation with your immune system. There's studies that shows that short stimulation with EMF can help your immune system, but chronic nonstop exposure harms your immune system significantly. Mm. And this virus does affect our immune system. And if you are, whether in a hospital or at home, sick with this, uh, with COVID, and uh, this absolutely uh, uh, undermines your immune system, then you're going to be sicker. And not just that, what we see now with COVID, a lot of people have prolonged uh, symptoms. The symptoms continues after mm. they no longer have the, uh, they're sick from COVID. And if you look at the symptoms, they're exactly the symptoms that people uh, with electrosensitivity mean people who get sick from wireless are having. So um, the evidence, just like it is on, on humans' harm, is also very conclusive on animals. First of all, you know, those thousands of studies I mentioned, a lot of them are done on animals. So clearly it does affect animals, but we absolutely see a lot of effects on the environment. As I mentioned before, for example, the US uh, uh, Department of Interior did, did investigate the effects on migratory birds. And, um, and they concluded, yes, this is, this is a major reason, if not the only reason that this is, that's why we're having this problem. And I actually do believe that, um, that a lot of the problems that we right now attribute to climate change are not really climate change. I really do think that they have to do with exposure to electromagnetic fields. I mean, uh, bees, like the colony collapse of bees. There's so many studies showing the effects of this radiation on bees. Um, and there are actually a lot of studies that show that they don't find what it is that's causing that. And RF is really the only way to explain why it's happening in so many places that are correlated. Why is it happening in places where you don't uh, spray for chemicals? Mm. Um, and it's not difficult to... I used to be a beekeeper. So um, bees navigate and communicate based on vibration frequencies as well as EMF, the sun. So if you now introduce uh, EMFs that that are very strong and different, um, they confuse the system. And that's exactly what you see. They start, like in the winter, suddenly mm. they start going scout. Uh, there's, there's, um, they cannot communicate. They start manufacture honey. It's, 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 um, there's amazing report, uh, done by a guy in Germany. It's called Bees, Birds, and Humankind, uh, and the effects of RF radiation. And, and I really recommend, and I can, I don't know if you post links or mm. not, but we can yep. talk, but there's ample evidence, bees, birds, all other animals. Um, there's a study that was done that showed that, uh, uh, animals that right now, uh, on the verge of extin extinction actually avoid areas with cell phone reception. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. So they, they can sense it. Of course they can. This is how they communicate. This is how they work. This is how, mm -hmm. you know, uh, um, they work with the sun, with the EMF. What is it like the sun? It's sun is electromagnetic radiation. And now all of these frequencies interfere with our, with our, uh, uh, basic electrical system, especially for animals, because they are 
in some ways more uh, EMF sensitive. You have um, 5G specifically, so they started to put those 5G antennas on on uh, streetlights. You know, mm-hmm. so there's organization in Europe uh, that says, guys. Uh, uh, insects are being attracted to light. So they go to the light, but they are now being killed because you have this antenna there that kills those insects. And we do need insects or bees for, mm. for a lot of purposes. They, they keep the ecosystem working. We have a very, very, very gentle and interconnected ecosystem. And very large part of it is those EMFs. And we are messing it up just like we mess our own bodies with it. I mean, this EMF, people don't sleep. Why you don't sleep? If you have Wi-Fi router in your house, it messes up your sleep. One of the frequencies that Wi-Fi router use is a 10 hertz frequency. It's a beacon frequency. Your alpha brain waves work on frequencies between 8 to 13 hertz. I'm a, I said before, I'm a telecommunication officer. One of the first classes that we learn is, uh, you know, in, in electronic warfare is if you have two antennas transmitting on the same frequencies, you're going to have problem that's like interruption that's how you create uh, interruption so if your wi-fi router emits 10 hertz and your brain works on 10 hertz then they're going to be a problem mm. um this radiation interferes with melatonin production 100 percent of people who have electrosensitivity now have uh, uh less melatonin production and there are no more studies showing the same there is a reason why people go to tired to to sleep now and wake up tired because your brain doesn't sleep when you have all these frequencies running in your head your brain cannot sleep That's even if you think you are so that i mean anyway, what, so, what, what, sorry what before you continue what you're saying there is that a, the traditional idea of keeping your phone in a different room and all that kind of don't have a tv in your room all those things actually it's actually good advice it's excellent advice, and I would not put it in the other room. I would turn it off. I mean, if, if that cell phone communicates with a cell tower, which is miles away, do you really think that your brain, which is so much sensitive than that cell tower, is to not feel it from the other room? Of course it does. Turn it off. Get an, uh, Go to Ikea, get a $1 alarm clock. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, th- this is profound. People need to understand that if you look at the sickness in the past, the increase in sickness in the past 10 to 15 years, there's nothing really that can explain it except wireless. And the increase is, is, is significant. I mean, you know, anxiety. I think one in three children uh, now uh, will have an anxiety attack up to uh, before the age of 18 or 17. And, and <laughs> if you look at the symptom of anxiety, they're mm. exactly the symptoms of radiation. Um, you know, cognitive problems, uh, heart palpitation, everything is elected. These are not anxiety attacks. These are physiological reaction to the exposure from this radiation. And we didn't used to have anxiety attacks in children. This is like in the past 10 years started to happen in children in the age of five. Why would a child at the age of five have anxiety attacks? They don't have an anxiety. They have a reaction to this radiation. Uh, when you talk about, as I said, ADHD before, autism. And in terms of autism, it's really interesting. So um, there is a professor, and she used to be until recently at Harvard University, Professor Martha Herbert. Her expertise is autism. And she decided to check if there is, could be a correlation between the increase uh, in the levels of autism to increase in exposure to RF. And she said yes. And she, when she started to investigate this, she thought she's going to find a few papers. Her paper has 600 citations. Sure. And it's it, the paper was so big, they had to divide it to two con- consecutive uh, issues of the journal. And, um, and the thing is, you cannot prove that this radiation caused autism. Mm. 
Uh, you see, you, you have studies that shows that this radiation have the same mechanism of autism, so it could be. But um, what we do see, which is the more interesting thing, we get reports from a lot of doctors and people I know personally that had children with autism who are nonverbal. And when they remove wires from the house, within days, those children started to speak. And I wish, I mean, it's, this is not voodoo. And I know you thought in South Africa, there's a lot of voodoo there. Guys, no, this is, this is doctors I know in their clinic. These are people I know personally who's been happening to them. Children at the age of 10, child with the age of 10, who did never, who never said a word in his life. Uh, the parents came to, to the clinic and they told the doctor, listen, the child is becoming violent. We cannot handle him. Uh, we're thinking about institutionalizing the kid. Do you have any maybe new medication, mm. something? And she said, no, I don't. But I have an advice for you. And she knew that the father would not be happy about it. I said, I think you should try and remove wireless exposure in the house. And she said at night, not because it's enough, because she knew that there's no chance the father would agree otherwise. And three days later, she gets a call from the mother. She said, my son said the first word for the, uh, the first sentence for the first time in his life. And, and, and his aggression disappeared as well. Sure. And, um, I have shivers as I'm telling this. Every time I say, I tell the story and I have so many such stories. Um, and for children with developmental problems, this is especially huge because these are issues that have to do with the brain operation. And this radiation messes up the brain operation. Um, in so many ways, uh, it's it, and and we can go into it if you want. So, mm. um, this but, this has major effect. Um, sperm. Do you want to take a talk about sperm a little bit? <laughs> so I think you know it's, it's just, this is like um, really interesting. So you get this uh, uh, really concerned uh, articles and they say, oh, it's environmental, but most of them do not. Uh, take into consideration probably the most important ingredient, which is this radiation. Whether it's because you put a cell phone in your pocket or because you sit with your laptop that emits, as I said, millions of times uh, higher levels of radiation than uh, exists environmental, uh, in the environment or that your sperm is supposed to tolerate. Um, so they actually, for example, there's a study from Israel and they took 106 men and 50% um, you know, kept the cell phone in the pocket, 50% did not. Um, those who uh, did not keep the cell phone in the pocket had 12% bad sperm, which is normal. Those who did keep the cell phone in the pocket had 47% bad sperm. Now, this is not bad. This is not one study. We're talking about hundreds of studies that are showing it, and they're conclusive, and there is no question about it. And while overall there's a denial, in Israel, they would tell you in every, every, uh, every um, insurance company, put this among the three most important uh, uh, causes of uh, infertility. And uh, there was an interview with the head of the uh, Israeli sperm bank. And she said that 10 years ago, one in every man qualified to donate the sperm. Now it's one in a hundred. And then she said, and the cause is the cell phone. Really? Yeah, you heard me right. Yeah, one in a hundred. 10 years ago, one in every 10 qualified. Now it's one in a hundred. Guys, your sperm is bad. And it's because of your cell phone and Wi-Fi. So if you don't want to get pregnant, the good news is if you don't want to get pregnant, that's a really good way. It's, uh, a, good, to do it's it. a good contraceptive. Yes. But I'll tell you what, the problem, there's another problem to that. And that's it. When you will want to get pregnant, hmm, there's also a lot of children now who is, I don't want to say defects, with problems. And that is also the reason. So what studies show, and that's one of the things the court quoted, is that this radiation not only reduces the quality of your sperm, it 
it harms the DNA of the sperm and that is irreparable. So you're basically transferring damage DNA of sperm for generations and increase the chance that you have children with problems. Bluetooth. Do not use them, guys. This is so people need to understand what is what is Bluetooth? Bluetooth is Wi-Fi network that operates on closer proximity because you don't want to create confusion. So it's like from your uh, from your phone to your headphones, etc. So, but it's a very very intense network. So now you're using those headphones. You basically put the radiation in your brain. And by the way, the frequencies, the radio frequencies that use for wireless frequency, within the radio frequency, there's a subgroup of frequencies that we call microwave frequencies. And the reason they're called microwave the reason your microwave oven called microwave is because it's using microwave frequency. FYI, your microwave oven and your Wi-Fi work on exactly the same frequency, 2.45 gigahertz. So if you tell your children not to stand in front of a microwave oven, uh, basically you do the same 24 hours a day, seven days a week with your Wi-Fi router. And actually the Wi-Fi router is worse than your microwave oven uh, because it has those pulsations and modulations of numerous other frequencies. So uh, back to Bluetooth. So Bluetooth is essentially microwave radiation in your ear in the one place that you don't have anything that blocks the radiation from going to the brain. So essentially those microwave frequencies in levels that are millions of times higher then, uh, sorry, quantitative times higher than what your brain should have. Go directly into your ear, into your brain. There's nothing to stop them. I have zero doubt that you're going to see tons of brain tumors in the next two or three years. And I don't, uh, and that's in addition to all these cognitive problems. And again, you can see them all over. I mean, people say, oh, I have memory problem. Oh, I have word problem. Or, um, you know, I, I, you know, people are agitated mm -hmm. all the time. Agitation is a huge symptom with this because it affects the brain waves. She says, my teenager wants to know how his Xbox is affecting him. Xbox is wireless and I can tell you, and I saw it from my, in my own eyes, children who play with those Xbox and start to get all red, agitated, pain, and they go and they, and, and they continue to play because they're addicted, um, but it's causing them tremendous effects. And you know, for children, the body is developing, the nervous system is developing, um, um, it's, it's terrible. Now, the good news is that you can actually hardwire the Xbox. You can get expert with an adapter, get an adapter, have an Ethernet cable going from the, from the router to the Xbox, and they can do the same in a wired way. Actually, real gamers do use wired network because uh, the Wi-Fi is unreliable, it's changing, and so there actually be more delay. If you want to maximize your performance, make sure that there's no, uh, that you get maximum speed and no changes, you use hardwire internet. So that's a good way to convince her son or daughter to, to hardwire uh, the Xbox so they can have best performances. I mean, right now, as I'm talking to you, there's wireless everywhere around me. So I think how you began, um, you know, first of all, I just want to say people like to, to, uh, uh, okay, I'm not sick. So if I'm not sick, then this is fine. No, it's not. Um, furthermore, um, they want to believe that, um, you know, the risk is low. So the reason I was giving you all this data, the risk is not low, guy. Um, the rates of people who suffer from neurological effects from this officially is at about 10%. And that this data I'm telling you, that's from 2004 
studies, like studies up to 2004. In 2004, 2005, that is before the exponential increase of our use of this uh, technology and our exposure. Um, the rates, without a doubt, are higher. And I can tell you that doctors who, who see patients tell me that at least 30% of their patients are affected by it, whether or not they believe it or not. It's also involved in other conditions that you have. So if your son has different cancer, uh, certain cancer, this aggravates, you know, the, the exposure. Um, and so it's, it's highly toxic. Our population is sick. 54% of children in the U.S. have chronic condition. Sick has become the normal. The normal. How, how can you accept that 54% of children are sick? Something is really wrong going on, and this is what it is. So how do you change? Uh, first of all, I think it has to be a decision. I think it's really important that people educate themselves and not just hear me out. And because you, you need to understand how bad it is for you to take real action because how, uh, how this technology took over our lives. And I can tell you that the changes are really simple. I don't have wireless. I don't use a cell phone. Um, and I don't say that you should not use a cell phone at all. I think you should just be careful on how you use it, how much you use it, and have alternative to using it. Um, and there are a lot of alternatives and better alternatives. It's a decision. Once you make a decision, it's very you can really adapt to it very quickly. And the thing is, until we win uh, in terms of trying to expose how bad this is and, and get governments to admit of what it's doing to the public and the fact that they do know that it does it to the public, the exposure in our environment is going to grow. The only place you have little control of how much radiation you're exposed to is your home. And so you do want to take at least those measures within your home that will reduce your exposure. So my advice is this is overwhelming. So if you want to, mm -hmm. to break it down, the key word is reduce exposure. There's so many websites and YouTube talks about how you can reduce exposure in your house. And there's some things that are really simple. For example, turn off the wireless devices at night. You don't need them. Turn off the router. I told you that woman with a child with autism, they only turn it off at night. And within three days, that child started to speak. Turn it off at night. Let your body sleep. Our body does most of the um, uh, fix the damage from environmental uh, attacks during the day, during the night. That's what the role of melatonin, melatonin kicks in and all the corrective processes start. So you need to have good melatonin. This interferes with melatonin. Just turn it off, let your body heal, let your body come down. And that will be the first major step. Then hardwire your devices. Why do you need to work on your computer wirelessly when so simply you can connect a cable from that router to your computer and work without this radiation in close proximity on you? So there's a lot of simple things you need to do without completely give it up um, and start. And, and I think people will notice pretty significant improvement on the health effects. Eye watches, I started to mention, those eye watches are the worst thing you can do to yourself. And I'm going to say statistic that I did not have an experiment to support it. I just have my own experience. So my sport is when I go on the street and beat people with eye watches, I ask them if they have, uh, if they have pain in the hand. And, and the second question is, do you have heart palpitations? So I go on the beach. And um, one day I was uh, after a lecture in Santa Monica, I went on the beach and I see this cute couple. Actually, the cute couple came to me, they were like in their 20s, and say, hey, can you take our picture? I said, of course, but only if you listen to me for three minutes. 
<laughs> the thing is, they had, both of them had iWatches, and, you know, I had to get my deal from it, right? So then, do you... <laughs> did they end up, so, did you end up uh, taking the photo? Hold on. So they said, as I said, guys, do you have pain in your head? And the guy uh, looks at the girl and said, like that, she does. Said, do you have heart palpitations? The guy looks at the girl and said, she does. And I look at both of them and say, God, this is the eye watch doing it. And the girl looks down. And I knew she already made the connection before I told her this. And she said, well, yes. And I said, and I actually took it off. And when I did, it stopped. I said, so you know it's causing you the harm. But you continue to use it. For God's sake, you're getting heart palpitation at the age of 20. So she prefer to put it because it's hip and because her government tells her that there's no problem. She feels a problem, but they tell her there's no problem mm. and she, she wears it. So this is the insanity we are at. People have symptoms. People know that something is wrong and they continue to reject it because they've been lied to. So it's time to understand you have been lied to and our court decision does show that. So it's time to reduce exposure. Those eye watches, the way they measure the heart is by sending hundreds of pulses a second to your heart and messing up your heart in the process. So it's dumb. And um, just take those devices off and reduce exposure and educate yourself. And one good way to educate yourself is to get a meter, radio frequency meter, because this is invisible. It's very difficult to relate to it. Mm. But if you get a radio frequency meter that show you the numbers, you can see when your cell phone is off, it's 0.1. And when your cell phone is off, it's a 1,000. Mm. So that's like 100,000 times higher radiation around you than it was be without the phone. So it makes it really it easier to relate. Uh, some of these meters actually sh uh, have a sound. You can actually hear the frequencies. And um, so these are the few advices I can give. And I think people need to start thinking about it and start ignoring it. Cognitive health, uh, you know, a problem, ignoring a problem is also only increasing its size. Definitely, someone in the comments was asking, okay, so what about other factors like pollution and stress and and all those other things are those also not factors to so, um, so you think that a hundred years ago people were not stressed pollution if anything is now lower because we took all this measure to reduce pollutions you want to talk about food food was way worse about 20 years ago now all of us are eating or a lot of us trying to eat organic non-gno so there's much more awareness with all of those things the one thing that actually became much worse is radiation. And even if there are other factors, and I'm not saying that this radiation is the only factor, I can say I think it's definitely a cause, direct cause of the blood of sickness, like my sickness, which is electrosensitivity, and it's not a sensitivity. It means that there's serious injuries in the body, and there's a lot of evidence of that, including brain damage from this radiation. And so it does cause sickness, but it's also a major contributor factor to a lot of other sicknesses. And it's especially worse, the synergy within, between all of those uh, issues. So you talk about pollution. Um, actually, the court, one of the things, evidence that we brought and the court quoted is about something called blood-brain barrier breakage. Mm. Your, your blood system have a way to block chemicals from going into the brain in order to protect the brain. There are about 100 studies that showing clearly that this radiation breaks the blood-brain barrier. So now poison, toxin can go into your brain. Not only the studies show it, they actually medical 
clinics that use this wow. to break the DNA when they treat people with cancer. Because what is chemotherapy? Chemotherapy is, is, is toxic. It would not get into your brain unless you break the blood-brain barrier. The different ways to break the blood-brain barrier, some clinics use radio frequencies in the same level of your cell phone. And studies show that your cell phone can and does break the blood-brain barrier. There was a study on, on, on people, 700 people with my condition, 30% had broken blood-brain barrier. So if your blood-brain barrier is broken, toxins are now go to your brain. So if there's air pollution and your blood-brain barrier is broken, now your, your, your brain becomes toxic from them. If you eat food with glyphosate and other bad toxins, then again, those toxins, now that your blood-brain barrier is broken because of your cell phone use, will go to your brain. And now you would not know that your blood-brain barrier is, is broken. So if you don't, don't have direct symptoms from the cell phone that you feel like tingling in your hand or something, it doesn't mean that your blood-brain barrier is not broken from it. Should we go back to a Nokia 3310? Well, actually, I don't know that it has less radiation, but, you know, the good thing about the Nokia is that you only use it for talk or maybe a little bit of text, which is really <laughs> what you can do with your phone. Reduce exposure, reduce usage. Like, just really, do you really need to sit all the time in a train and sit with your brain into this thing? You know, look around you. People go into nature Instead of looking into nature, they look at nature through their phone and have like 5,000 stories. Guys, we don't care about your pictures on Facebook. Stop posting them and stop taking them and instead look at the nature. You know, it just, it just, um, you don't have to use it as much as you do. And that is the important. And I think there's, I have to say, I, I got sick from it. So I don't use it because I really cannot. Um, but I'm actually grateful when, um, you know, when I started my activism, which was about 10 years ago in, in 2012, I broke into the, to the attention by a big article in Israel, a major paper. And it was really interesting. I got a lot of emails and calls from guys. And what the, the, the theme was, they were envious. I said, listen, I'm a man. I don't like to talk. And now they're forcing me to be out there 24-7 talk all the time. They were literally, I mean, I cannot tell you how many people tell me the same thing. <laughs> so I am, I know that if I use those smart devices, I would have been addicted like everyone else. Mm. So I'm grateful that I cannot because there is a big freedom with us. It's just like we completely lost touch with our humanism. You know, you go to any place and you see parents cannot look one concentrated uh, uh, um, stare with our children because they constantly think about what's in their cell phone. It's it's sad. It's horrific, and and I mean the social impacts are just devastating. I, I look at people and I'm really feel sorry for them. Mm. It's terrible what we're doing to our society. Well, I'm just going to take There's a I'm take a selfie of us. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> did you see? Did you see the new the new uh, uh, sing, Did you uh, listen to the new single from Eric Clapton? Uh, which one? Stand and deliver. It's called this. This gotta stop. Yes, it's about it's about all of this stuff. Yes, and you can see like there's a major part of his video, and it's a beautifully done video. Uh, it's about the social impacts of this technology. It's terrible, and again, that is beyond the radiation. And and the radiation should be a good excuse for you to to start and and I mean you can use a social impact as an excuse, whatever excuse you want. Just use this less, and also know that when you're using. And you use your big Wi-Fi router that are stronger. They go to your neighbors and they harm your neighbors. And you do not have the right to do that. Yo, that's a whole different conversation, isn't it? Sure. Yes. Didn't even think about that. 
And that's why people who are getting sick try to go farther and farther away from the neighbors and, and they don't have any more to go because it's all so saturated and terrible. But they give you farther and stronger Wi-Fi router so that a signal will go to the street so they can sell product on a street, which is illegal. The telecom industry, that's not the good way to, to learn the facts. Mm. The FCC quoted the telecom industry. The, the court says, well, God, there's thousands of studies here not from the telecom industry, that you need to look at and tell us why you said there's no harm when all of this exists. There's a crystal ball. What do you see? The ocean. (laughs) (laughs) That's the honest power. If you ask me, okay, what's, you know, that was just like, I'm just thinking about the ocean. Um, Okay, so if you ask me what the crystal ball shows, um, I think what I see right now is a big fog. I cannot tell what's going on next. I think I think things are happening. I I cannot say that I'm very optimistic. I'm I'm really cannot say I am. Um, but I see the ocean, so I guess I hope that there'll be a good ending to that. Daphna Takova, have I have I pronounced it correctly? Actually, you're you're from South Africa. You can say ha Takova. Is it is it Takova? Is it Takova? Is the sound? Okay, Daphna. All right, let me let me say that again. Daphna Takova. Yay, perfect. It's been an absolute pleasure. Likewise. My name is Jim. This is Jim Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. If you enjoyed this podcast, please visit supportgerm.com.